They came from the four corners of America to defend our way of life, to boldly stand against the forces of darkness when the USA needed them most. Sadly, they didn't do a very good job of it. But hey, they can't all be winners, right? Burt McGonagall's The Tales of the Brotherhood of Ridiculous People starts now. Episode 7, The Fire. Orange flames licked the wooden door in little Dory James's home as she stood at the edge of her window in panic. Tears streamed down the five-year-old's eyes as she literally had nowhere to go. The fire started so quickly, it overwhelmed the stairwell and blocked her way out. The fire escape outside was out of order, as the landlord of the building never got it fixed after the last fire, because he's cheap and lazy. Anyway, Dory's parents were outside the building as they watched helplessly as no one could get to their daughter's window to save her. Ten minutes earlier, Agent Allison Mills sighed as she walked out of the comic book store in Red Branch, New Jersey. She pulled out a tape recorder and pressed play. <clears throat> Subject out of Red Branch, calling herself the Jersey Devil, is not a superheroic being and possesses no discernible traits for inclusion onto the team. We'll return back to Washington, D.C. for further instructions. She turned off the tape recorder as Vel Cromwell looked at her. Let me guess. The dude was a bust? She was a bust. She heard about us on the dark web and came up with a false story to get us to commit. She's also borderline schizophrenic, I think. Uh, where's Willie? She looked around in a panic. Oh my god. Oh dear god. I just lost Willie. He was right here. I've lost... I I've lost Willie. I've lost him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your horses. He's over at the park. He mentioned something about getting some time in with the trees. Agent Mills gave a sigh of relief as she swiftly walked towards the park nearby. She saw Willie sitting in an oak tree talking to other squirrels. Um, Willie, uh, let's go. It's time to come down now. Agent Mills said as she crossed her arms, staring up into the tree. Willie turned towards Agent Mills. Come in, lady. Willie catching up with cousin. Hold on. For some reason, since Baltimore, Willie had been calling her Gummit Lady instead of Agent Mills. Or even Allison. Not Government Lady, but Gummit. Mills took it in stride because at least he was trying. He squeaked with them some more. While Willie seemed to be making an attempt to talk to Allison, Vel was normally quiet. Most of his conversations, however, were snarky and almost always detrimental to any time of occasion. Vel didn't like Willie, and Willie didn't care. The sounds of sirens broke over Ancient Mills' thoughts. Willie started smelling something, and his face turned from jovial to concerned. Vel started yelling from across the street as he ran towards Agent them. Mills. What's going on? Agent Mills! 
Willie jumped out of the tree. The Grey Death. I can smell it. What's the Grey Death? Crowds where you cannot breathe. They are with the dancing heat. Vel pointed towards a three-story apartment complex. Fire. Looks like a bad one, too. Agent Mills looked at the plumes of smoke in the distance. Let's go! As the fire trucks got to the apartment building, a crowd of scared people watched as the little girl cried from the window. The metal fire escape, which was on its last limbs before the fire, fell from its moorings and slammed into the concrete and trucks below. As the fire escape fell, it severed the water hoses from the hydrants nearby. Dory James was in trouble, and there wasn't much that could help her. Dancing heat scares Willie. Willie said, looking up at the building in flames. There's a little girl up there, Willie. She needs you, and Vel, she needs you more than ever. Can you climb the brick to get to her window and get her out? No. Willie, burn. Vel surprisingly remained silent. Mills tried to get Willie. Please, Willie, that baby human needs you. <laughs> Willie looked at the fire and the girl's parents who didn't see them from behind. He bowed his head and sighed. Okay, Willie be back. Vel watched as Willie pranced around towards the building. Then he turned to Mills. I will repair the hoses. She was shocked as Vel started taking off his clothes and walking straight towards the firemen. Get back! The building might fall at any moment! Let me take care of the hose. That homeless dude will grab the girl. Vel explained as he grabbed the hose into his hands and proceeded into wrapping it up where the cut was and sealing it tightly. Who? How did... The firefighter activated the water pressure to find that Vel had sealed the leak. More water finally was able to get to the burning home as Willie slowly made his way up to the face of the building. Go get her, Willie! Vel yelled as Willie climbed the brick building relatively easily. The people watching were in shock as Willie was able to get to the window where the little girl stood, where the firefighters couldn't get. Dory James stared at Willie as he leapt into the building. Willie smiled. Hold on to Willie. We'll get you out of here. Dory grabbed hold of Willie's neck. Willie's scared too, but Willie will get you out of here. <laughs> you smell, mister. Willie ignored her as he lifted her onto his neck and slowly made his way down the building, making sure that Dory didn't fall. When Willie hit the ground, a cavalcade of people began to attend to her almost immediately. The building was soaked as the fire was on the verge of being extinguished. Agent Mills ran up to Willie. Are you okay? He sat down against the car. He was breathing heavily. Great death took Willie's breath. Stay here. I have to find the parents. Once the fire was under control, Vel Comwell detached himself from the hose and put his shirt on. People began almost immediately asking questions, 
and the attention was starting to overwhelm Vel and Willie. Agent Mills went after them. The silence was deafening in the car, as all three rode in the car heading back to Washington, D.C. That didn't go according to plan. What did you expect? That they were going to accept us with open arms? All we did was make them question everything. You both saved that girl's life. You... I feel like Frankenstein's monster. Baby humans that really stink. Well, you're a hobo. Haven't got a home. And even though you had a shower at the police station... You aren't wearing any deodorant. I'm pretty sure the press is going to love this. And Agent Jenkins is going to flip. Why? We heroes. I... I wasn't authorized to let you two get into action yet. Authorization? Vel asked, as if he couldn't possibly have heard that correctly. Yes, because I didn't get prior authorization. I am most likely going to get in trouble. Dummy lady? In trouble? Really not like that. <sighs> we would most likely have been told to let the firefighters and the police handle it. What kind of bullshit is this? They were powerless. If we didn't do something, that little girl was going to die. Fuck authorization. It was the right thing to do, and that's saying something coming from me. Speaking of Willie's condition, did you have to almost get buck naked just to do what you did with your arms and hands? I didn't know how much of me was going to be needed to seal the hose. Excuse me for making you feel uncomfortable looking at a semi-nude black man. That's not the first time. What bread? You had a black boyfriend? She turned her attention from the road to him. Uh, back in high school. Oh, salacious. What happened to that guy? I don't see a ring on your finger. I didn't marry him, if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> I had no such illusion, Agent Mills. What fascinates me is what's happened in that relationship. That's none of your business. Really wants to know. Oh, so now you two are ganging up on me. You want all the information on the both of us, but don't want to give anything in return. I think getting to know you is a great trade on our life secrets, don't you think? She pulled the car over on the Jersey Turnpike. Okay, why are we stopping? Does Willie have to pee? Willie no need to pee. Remember the conversation we had in Baltimore about whether or not you would talk about what happened about your death? You made a comparison to rape? Bell's eyes widened as he put two and two together. Oh, Jesus, Agent Mills. I am so- No, 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 no. You don't get off that easy. I'm going to do something that you don't have the guts to do. You see- Lemuel and I were very close in high school, but he wouldn't take no for an answer. So on my prom night of all the fucking nights, I was raped by someone who I cared about. He's been in jail for 10 years while I had to bury that shit deep down after my therapy and go on with my life. I have never been in a loving relationship since, and I have a huge problem trusting people that I don't entirely know, especially if I work with them. So when I am asked about things like that, I tend to just brush them off. And I have for my own sanity. Okay? Damn lady. What is rape? Agent Mills was surprised by the innocence that Willie the Hobo possessed. Instead of answering herself, Vel answered for her. Rape? Rape is being forced to have sex with someone you don't want to have sex with. Oh. 
silence once again washed over the car as Agent Mills pulled back out onto the highway. A lot comes out of you when you wake up realizing you're dead, whether figuratively or literally. Mills had tears coming out of her eyes. Are you saying that I'm dead inside? No. But you are on the brink. I would seek help. Even if it means doing something that you would never thought you would do. Like join a team of rejected superheroes to try and save America. She smiled as she wiped her eyes. Mills began to hear the sound of scratching behind her in the back seat where Willie was sitting. He was using his feet to scratch behind his ears. Bill, is anything coming out of that scratching? I don't think he has fleas, but maybe lice? Great. Now I have to delouse the car. God, I hope auto detailing is a tax write-off. In a bank in Chicago, a female bank teller hurriedly started pulling tons of cash into black canvas bags as two men stood in front of her. The bank was under siege. A man dressed in a red monk robes and nondescript metal mask covering his face said in a French accent as he seemed to speak for the man behind him. In the middle of the lobby, a man dressed in robes that resembled that of a Star Wars cast-off and a black bishop's mitre and a mask etched with a priest's face. He was smoking a cigarette placed in an aristocratic style cigarette holder. A guard saw his moment to get the situation under control and pulled his sidearm and pointed it towards the man in black, only to have the man in black manifest an AK-47 out of thin air and gun down the hapless guard. The people inside the bank were horrified, if not perplexed. The man in red pointed to the corpse on the floor. Aha, you see? This is what happens when you do not take Lavak Noir and Pionet Rouge seriously. Are there any other heroes today or have you learned your lesson? The man in red, calling himself Pionet Rouge, asked in defiance. Once the lady finished putting money into the bag, she headed back to him. He walked back to his black-clad cohort and started waxing poetic. And now, parting is such sweet sorrow. For now, we must bid you adieu. After today's events, you should go to a bar, raise a glass for the dead, and say so long for Bionne Rouge and Levac Noir. Before the Chicago SWAT team finally made its appearance inside the bank, the two had mysteriously blinked out of the bank as if they were never there in the first place. The only thing that made known of their arrival was the horror of the people's faces and the dead guard bleeding on the marble floor. Meanwhile, Rod Stiles sat on the bench outside of another motel room reading the latest issue of Sci-Fi Weekly, as Gladys, PJ, and Darla were inside watching the TV. So these guys are part of our team? How awesome is that? Mm, that black fellow looks kind of cute. Agent Philip Jenkins, however, was in a panic. He was on the motel room's phone trying to contact Agent Mills. Uh, pick up, pick up, pick up, motherfucker! Why are you so angry right now? Those guys did that little girl good. That's not the point, Gladys. 
Then what is? They weren't authorized yet to help anyone! What would have happened if they failed? We would have been out two recruits, and we would have had much more to deal with than right now! They're a media sensation. Well, other than that, Lenore fellow. You mean, Levesque Noir? What does that fucking mean, anyway? It means, the Black Bishop. And the other one mentioned is the Red Paw. Why do they have such shitty names? Mm, because they're French? What worries me is the frequency of their holdups and their ability to get away so quickly. I have a suspicion that I'll be hearing from my higher-ups about these guys soon enough. He walked out of the motel room to see Rod standing up, looking at something across the street. What? What's wrong? That guy over there. I'm getting a s s strange vibe from him. The hot dog vendor? Wow, that guy's got a lot of customers right now. I know, I know. I'm kind of getting hungry, though. She started to feel woozy, however, as she held her ears. I didn't think you were diabetic, Gladys. I'm not diabetic. I mean, I can hear him whistling. Just throwing me off. His w w w whistling? I can't hear him at all. Bat ears, remember? I can hear things from farther away than most of you. He's whistling a tune, and it's got the people in a great mood. Philip Jenkins decided at that moment in time he was going to grab hot dogs from the enigmatic man, even if it killed him. I'm gonna need that man's hot dog. Been listening to episode 7 The Fire. Burke McGonagall, played by Robert Hunter. Agent Allison Mills and Darla Somerville, played by Emily McAnulty. Val Cromwell, played by DJ Jesse Jess. Willie the Hobo, played by Justin Gregory. Female Firefighter, played by Amanda Hunter. Fiona Rouge, played by Miguel Pedroza. Gladys Hamilton, played by Stacey Atwell. Agent Philip Jenkins, played by Danny Atwell. And Rod Stiles, played by Dan McMcCloskey. All special effects by Zapsplat.com. Dark Charm Media, copyright 2022, all rights reserved. And while you do that, subscribe. Give us a five-star review. We'll appreciate it. I don't know what a five-star review is, but apparently it does good things for us. So go over to the Apple iTunes store and give us a five-star review. And if you don't like us, keep that negative shit to yourself. <laughs> <laughs>